In September, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi released the Lower Drug Costs Now Act of 2019, which aims to reduce spending on prescription drugs. The bill authorizes the Secretary of Health and Human Services to create a fair price negotiation program that would permit price negotiation for at least 25 drugs each year. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Jonathan Oberlander, a professor of social medicine and health policy and management at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Professor Oberlander has co-authored a perspective article about drug pricing legislation. Professor Oberlander, you write in your perspective article that the House bill represents a major departure from the U.S. status quo. So how does it differ from other drug pricing legislation that's been introduced federally or at the state level in recent years? Well, there has been a lot of movement at the federal level, and there's sort of an emerging consensus actually across both parties, that something should be done about rising prescription drug spending. The question is, what should be done? President Trump has made this an issue and has talked about having an international pricing index and has spoken quite a lot about, in his view, the unfairness that U.S. prices for drugs are more expensive than those paid in countries like Canada. There is a parallel bill that is in the Senate and, in fact, was approved in the Senate Finance Committee that's co-sponsored by Republican Senator Grassley and Democratic Senator Wyden. And this House bill has some similarities with that bill. I would say the major difference is that the House bill is more aggressive in its regulation of drug pricing. So looking at the House bill, how would the negotiation program that it lays out work? Which drugs would be selected for negotiation? Who'd be in charge of determining a fair price? Well, I think in the article we used quotation marks around the term negotiation because this is really a negotiation in name, but it actually entails very strong price regulation and leverage by the federal government. What the bill proposes to do is this. Currently, there is a prohibition on Medicare negotiating the price of medications. And of course, that prohibition was embedded in the 2003 Medicare Modernization Act which created Medicare's outpatient prescription drug program. This bill would end that prohibition, and it would allow the Secretary of Health and Human Services to negotiate with drug manufacturers on a select number of drugs. The Secretary would pick from a list of candidates totaling around 250 medications that encompass the most expensive medications to Medicare, and at a minimum would negotiate the prices for 35, although it could be higher. Mitch McConnell has already said that this House bill is not going to go anywhere in the Senate. So assuming that it doesn't make it through Congress, what kind of effect do you think it's going to have on the national discussion? That's a great question. I'm not sure we know. Certainly the House bill, which is backed by Democrats and we expect will pass the House later this year, has elements that many Republicans don't like, including the fact that in these negotiations for drug prices, the allowable price is going to be linked to what six other countries charge, and it can't be more than 120% of the average price from countries like Canada and Australia and so forth. And that's a, a level of regulation that is beyond what many Republicans want. I think there's still some uncertainty and still some room for compromise here. The bill that Senator Grassley co-sponsored with Senator Wyden in the Senate did have bipartisan support. President Trump is certainly a wild card in this and does not have unconventional Republican view on drug price negotiation. And Speaker Pelosi's office has been talking to the White House for months about this. 
So it's possible we won't be able to overcome all the obstacles that are there for, well, everything in healthcare policy right now in Washington, but I wouldn't rule out completely the chance that something emerges out of this. So looking first at the bill that's come out of the Senate Finance Committee, what would a compromise look like between that bill and the House bill? I think one important element that both bills have is to cap out-of-pocket spending for Medicare beneficiaries in Part D. There's currently no cap right now, and some Medicare beneficiaries can incur very high costs. And both the House and Senate bills have those caps. The House bill is lower, and some kind of compromise would have a cap in it. A second element of compromise would be to limit drug price increases to something like the rate of inflation. And both the House and Senate bill have that mechanism in there. They do it slightly different ways. And even though it passed in the Senate, there were Republicans in the Senate Finance Committee who did not like that mechanism. But that would be probably an important mechanism for Democrats to sign on to this. And then the question is, what would happen with this international reference pricing, which is really in an American context, quite unprecedented. We've known for a long time that we have the most expensive medical care in the world, the highest prices in the world. That hasn't led us to do anything about it. And directly linking what we pay to what other countries pay would be a dramatic step. And of course, as I said before, one that President Trump has voiced support for. And I think the big question in any compromise is any element of international reference pricing couldn't make it through politically. And that was proposed by President Trump. What's the status of that proposal? And do you think that even with his support, that would not go forward? The question is not just what President Trump wants to do, but what Senate Republicans want to do in the House. They don't have the numbers to block the plan. But of course, the Senate is a different story and what Majority Leader McConnell wants to do. In principle, President Trump is for something like this. Whether he likes this particular proposal is a different question, and some White House advisors have suggested he does not. And then we can't ignore the environment right now, which, of course, is overshadowed by impeachment proceedings. And it has taken what was already a very polarized political environment and made it even more partisan. And it's difficult to find a compromise route through all that partisanship in an election year. In a related perspective article, Bach proposes using different criteria for the price negotiation that he's also supporting. What do you see as the merits and the limitations of an approach that focuses on drugs with too little evidence to support full approval and drugs that have been on the market for a very long time? Essentially, what he is suggesting is another targeted approach, but a targeted approach that uses different criteria along the lines that you suggested. And I think there is substantive merit to it. The question is whether Congress sees that substantive merit and whether both or either Democrats or Republicans prefer that sort of approach to the kind of approaches that are making their way through right now. We should add something, another important context to this as an obstacle, which is the pharmaceutical industry, of course, opposes all of these and would oppose the House proposal, the Senate proposal, and also I think what Dr. Bach is suggesting as well. And the politics of prescription drug spending are changing in the United States, and high spending and high prices is creating new willingness to take on the drug industry. Willingness to take on the drug industry is not the same as willingness to actually pass legislation um, that the industry does not want. So we'll have to see where this winds up. And finally, what do you think the 2020 election is going to mean for the whole drug pricing debate and the likelihood that any of this legislation will be implemented? I guess it would be an exaggeration to say everything. 
But I do believe the 2020 election does mean everything for health policy in general, including prescription drug pricing. And if something does not pass in the next year, and if we go into 2021 without any legislation on this, then the fate of prescription drug pricing reform really will hinge on the election. And of course, we could get very different results depending on whether a Democrat wins the White House or whether President Trump is reelected and what happens to partisan congressional majorities. So I think this will be an issue in the 2020 elections, particularly if Congress does not act. And I think those elections will have a lot to say about what Congress does or does not do in 2021. Thank you, Professor Oberlander.